Welcome to the Soul Joy Mindset Podcast, the podcast that invites, empowers, and equips women with the tools to release the hustle and grind and embrace a life of ease and joy. I am your host, Teresa Timms, a lover of life, strategic thinker, theologian, storyteller, sexy, sassy, freedom seeker, and coach. In each episode of this podcast, we will explore a topic that will help you change your mindset and ultimately change every aspect of your life. So sit back and hear yourself, see yourself, and truly believe that it is possible to live a life that brings your soul joy. So I received an email about some news that I wasn't expecting. And was it detrimental? No. Was it life-altering? Maybe. Um, But this news just sent me into a tailspin, an emotional tailspin. It, it just it just sent me into all of the stories that I have in my head, all of the narratives that I have in my head. This email gave me information that confirmed all the things that I thought about myself. The stories we tell ourselves, how that leads to self-sabotage. I'm gonna talk about the human experience. What happens when something doesn't go your way? What happens when you find yourself in an emotional tailspin? So if you know anything about a blender, you put ingredients in the blender and the whole point of the blender is to blend it all up. However, you have to have a blender that's powerful enough to suck it in so that it can actually do the spinning. There has to be some liquid, there has to be something that makes the centrifugal force happen so that it can spin and mix and do the things you want it to do. And that's exactly what happens to our mindsets. That's exactly what happens to the script in in our heads. And my script is, I am not enough. My script is, I am not enough and that everything is going to go away. If you are familiar with that script, what is your script? And people beautifully and vulnerably shared their scripts. Like, I am not a leader, I am not worthy, I am not beautiful, I don't have what it takes to reach the goal. And my script is, I am not enough. And I am not enough gets partnered with, don't hold on to this so tight. Like, all of this good stuff is gonna go away. All of it's gonna go away. And that actually came from my family. It came from a narrative that I picked up along the way. And no one ever, growing up, no one ever said to me, oh, you are not worthy. However, their behaviors towards me gave me the language. And so I want to just just pause right there for a second. No one may have handed you the script verbatim, but their language said all that you need to know. You know how somebody is is like icing you out without saying that they're icing you out? I actually think that is the most threatening or powerful of mean girl or mean people tactics is when they ice you out, when they don't acknowledge you. That way of freezing someone out, that is even harder than telling them that you're freezing them out because it's like, oh, the action is saying everything. The action is saying everything. How people will turn their back to like leave you out of a conversation. You know, you know that type of stuff. Well, I didn't grow up in a house where no one didn't say that I was worthy. They actually said the opposite. Like, oh my gosh, they said all the things around my performance, but their behaviors, the way that they treated me 
fed into the narrative of I'm not enough. I'm not enough on my own. I'm not enough because I was born. I am enough once I start doing things. I am enough once I make myself small, once I don't cause any problems, once I make the honor roll, once I win the talent show, once I do all these things, I am worthy. That's when they showered me with praise. That's when they were able to see me. And so because that's how affirmation or attention or love was given to me growing up, I carry the narrative of you are not worthy unless you do something. And so I've made a badass life and career out of achieving. And I have built an amazing life out of achievement. Honey, I can achieve some shit. Do you hear me? <laughs> I know how to write the paper, do the speech, do 75 cartwheels. I know how to do the things to get the applause. I know how to do the performance of approval. I know what I need to do to keep being worthy. I know that. We've gotten it down to a science. And so because that's the script that I have in my head, I've gotten to a place in my life now. It's like, well, what else do I need to achieve? What else do I need to do? What's the next level that I need to get to? So we know how to do the things, right? We know how to do all the things. However, it doesn't help us when it comes to when do you need to stop performing? You can give yourself permission to not perform anymore. You can give yourself permission to not do that. But as soon as something doesn't go according to the way we think it needs to go, it feeds into confirmation bias. And I want to talk about confirmation bias. We know what confirmation bias is. It is a thought or belief that you have in your head that when you encounter something, it confirms the bias you already have. So if your belief is that the postal workers are always mean and nasty, when you encounter a postal worker and they're mean and nasty, it confirms your bias that you already have towards postal workers. However, you've probably met a limited number of postal workers in your whole life. Not all postal workers are mean and nasty. I'll never forget, our first dog was a pit bull. Like people, they are biased against pit bulls. Honey, if you want to get somebody out of your face, walk up with your pit bull. And so I'll never forget, like we were getting out the car with the dog and this woman, she almost jumped five continents to get away from us and our dog. And she was like, oh my gosh, those dogs are so vicious. I'm so scared of your dog. And it was like, woman, you don't know us. But she had a implicit bias against pit bulls and so seeing my pit bull was like oh i'm gonna confirm my bias because i see this and so i say this to say if you have a script in your head let me talk about me i had a script in my head and because i had this script in my head this email of something not going according the way that i wanted it to go absolutely begin the whirlwind of the blender in my head of it's confirming all of the things that I already thought about myself. This email of this is not going to go this way. You got to do X, Y, and Z confirmed all the things of I'm not smart enough. I'm not brilliant enough. I'm not qualified enough. It confirmed all those things. So think about your own life. Has something happened in your life that confirmed what you already thought about yourself? And so if the, the limited thought in your head is, I'm not a good leader, no one's going to follow me. The first time somebody gives you hell at the job, the narrative inside of you is, I'm not a good leader, no one's going to ever follow me. That's not true. That's that person's issue. You know, it's like someone had in theirs, I'm, I'm hard to love. And honey, when you are a firecracker person... It's the right person that needs to love you. It's not that you're hard to love. It takes the right person to show up and, and walk beside you and journey beside you in love. But soon as you get 
the wrong person in the position is like up oh, they confirm all of the things you think about yourself and so this confirmation bias it hurts us because it's like up oh, this person this situation this email this rejection this no this situation is confirming all of the and i'm gonna say like this shit that i already think about myself and what i want you to know is that that's just confirmation bias however you can use confirmation bias in the positive so we talk about confirmation bias in the negative but it's in the positive as well how do we go about looking for the things in our lives looking for the things in our lives to confirm the goodness to confirm what we're worthy of however what happens to me i'm just talking about me okay when that script rises up inside of me i've learned how to not feed into it but to talk back to it and say no no this email this note this pushback i'm getting is not about me so I'm not going to let this story rise. I need to talk back to that voice. But what happens is we often go down the road of being self-saboteurs. We just start self-sabotaging. And then it's like we stumble into this hamster wheel of saying all types of negative things to ourselves. And it's so hard to get off of that hamster wheel because once you get started down the self-sabotage bandwagon, it is hard to get off because it feeds us and it also like it's just vitriolic it feeds us but it's mean and angry it feeds us but we know it's not healthy and so whatever the script that you have inside of your head whatever the script that you've gotten from wherever you've gotten that script from realize that the devil is a lie the devil is a lie and now it's like that script may have worked for you at one point in time. That script may have even been true for you at one point in time. But now it's time for you not to engage in self-sabotage, but to tell yourself a different story. And so instead of me, I spent, honey, all day Saturday deep in my feelings. Do you hear me? This email came on Friday. Saturday, I was deep in my feelings. And then, like, honestly, the spirit was like, girl, what do you know? What is your truth? What is the truth that you're standing on right now? You are worthy. You are enough. You're actually more than enough. And that may be, it, it's, you're a lot to handle. And that's not your problem. That is your gift. And if all the things were to go, you know exactly how to do it. The way that I can go to the nth degree of disaster, I have to reel myself in because it's just like, and what's the likelihood of the worst thing happening? What's the, what's the likelihood? What's the likelihood of the worst thing happening? However, you have shown yourself over and over and over and over and over again that even when the worst things happen, you know how to show up to it. Even when the worst things happen, you know how to bring yourself back. You have all the tools. I don't know what you've been telling yourself. I don't know what script you've been saying to yourself over and over and over again. But what I want you to know is that that is not your whole story. It's part of a story and it may not even be your story anymore. So the work that we have to do is one, get honest around what's our story and what's the story that we're perpetuating because we haven't given ourselves permission to tell a different story. At one point, I thought my story was always going to be, always going to be that this is who I am. This is where I'm from. This is the lane that I'm going to be in forever. And it's like, that is not the truth. Is not the truth and the power of life and death is in our tongues and the power of life and death 
even before it's on our tongues, it's in our minds. It's like what we think. And I constantly have to like literally pull myself back. I have to grab myself back to myself and say, you are okay. You are worthy. It's self-soothing techniques that we give to children. It is the self-soothing techniques that you give to your toddler, to your to your child that's trying to sleep, to your teenagers. We need self-soothing techniques. We need affirmations to remind ourselves of who we are. The number one way to disrupt the noise is to move. The noise that we have inside of us, the noise that we face when we encounter this type of resistance, this noise that shows up inside of us in this internal dialogue that's mean and angry and vitriolic is move. You have no idea the power of getting outside and moving your body. So yesterday I was like, honey, you you felt it. You felt it. You good. How long are you going to sit here? And I don't know about you, but I get sick and tired of my own shit. <laughs> I get sick and tired of myself and it's like, okay, you felt it. You didn't run away from the feeling. You've honored the feeling. You've, you've had big feelings around it. Now what? Now what? The sun is still going to come up. God is still faithful. You are still dope. Now what you're going to do? So I laced up my shoes and I went outside. And going outside, being outside, getting some fresh air, moving your body, it literally shifts your perspective. I don't care where you live. I don't care if you live in an urban jungle or if you live in the suburbs or rural somewhere. Going outside will literally shift your perspective because you're going to have to look up. You're going to have to look down. You're going to have to look around. It is moving through the static. Your body, your flesh and blood needs to move. You need to move and, and you don't need to move fast. You don't need to be running. You don't need to be pacing for a marathon, but moving your body disrupts the noise. And not only does it disrupt the noise, but it calls your attention to something else. And what happens is we can get so busy hiding in shame or hiding in like this navel gazing that we get stuck. And that's how we get stuck in the self-sabotage is that we begin to ruminate and tell ourselves the same thing over and over and over and over and again. Have action to disrupt that narrative and then use confirmation bias for your good. So the next thing I would say is the first thing I would say move. The next thing I would say is list all the dopeness about yourself. Brag on yourself. Write it down. Literally write it down. Say it out loud to yourself. And I know this may seem like silly activities, but this is real because this is the work that's going to keep you free. This is the work that sets you free and this is the work that's going to keep you free because the script is going to always come up. And I don't care who you are. You got a script. I do not care who you are. You have a script in your head that shows up. And that will be your life work is to talk back to that script, to override that script, to silence that script. But it's going to show up. It pops up at inopportune times. However, whatever your script is, then... Number one is move, like literally move, change environment, like get a different perspective. But the second thing is to write a list of all of your qualities, all of your qualities. What is the good thing about you? What is the hope? Hope is an amazing musician. Hope is a talented. Hope has this way of thinking about sound 
and the spirituality of sound and what does it mean to bring people in community through sound and the way of being embodied in sound, which sounds even even crazy to say it, being embodied in sound. And whenever Hope's narrative comes up about once upon a time, X, Y, and Z, Hope has to say to herself, this is who I am now. This is where I am now. This is the truth of where I am now. This is the gifts that I have inside of me now. This is what I see manifest inside of me now. That's what you have to say to yourself. I can get so caught up into not having enough. Five-year-old Teresa living in by Augusta Homes in Biloxi, Mississippi. No, you didn't have enough. Yes, 12-year-old Teresa. Yes, 16-year-old Teresa. Yes, 25-year-old Teresa. Yes, 31-year-old Teresa. Like, you may not have had enough. But you have acquired the tools and the skills and now you have more than enough. You've always been enough. And that's the other thing that I want to say to us. I'm going to slow down because I need to hear myself say this and I want to hear you say this. There are skills and traits and ways of living that you adopted and you adapted because it was survival. It was the way that you learned to survive. But there's a difference between survival and thriving. And there's a hard truth that happens. There's this shedding and this grieving. There's this letting down your guard and vulnerability when you realize you have moved from surviving to thriving. And the tools and the ways that I needed to be to survive growing up in Mississippi, that I needed to survive to get the hell up out of there, that I needed to survive my family and the things that were happening in my life. I don't need that anymore. The tools of survival are not always the tools of thriving. And you have to have discernment and honesty to know when to let the tools of survival go. For, for many of us, we are not in survival mode anymore. And survival mode meant for me not trusting people, having a guard up. Growing up, people always thought that I was like this loud and boisterous person. My mama was loud and boisterous. And I was always so tired. And it was because I'm an introvert. Like I needed downtime. I needed to be. But I didn't have that space. I needed space to, to expand. These tools of survival that I had growing up was always about like fighting and like hustling and grinding. Those aren't the tools that I have anymore. I've learned to be softer. I don't carry the the adjectives. Someone said this the other day, like, I don't like the adjectives of like strong and all this kind of stuff. Like, I am a soft, delicate butterfly. <laughs> um, I am like tenacious, but I'm like soft because I grew up being hard. I'd had to be hard. I had to be edgy and crass and like, I don't need, I'm soft. I'm sensual, I am loving, and I am kind. I am kindness is so important to me. Learning humility, learning to say I'm sorry, learning to ask for help and for grace. Those are tools of softness and thriving that I've now cultivated and developed in my life. Whatever tools of survival that you've used before, I want you to really do a job of inspecting them and realizing that some of those things, many of those things, it's time for you to lay them down to get new tools. It's time for you to lay them down and get new tools. And I spent a lot of time with a wrecking ball, knocking shit down because I needed to. I needed to like knock stuff down, clear out the plane, have a new framework to work from and build something for myself. I did that. But right now I can't go around with a wrecking ball because I am in the season of my life where I am thriving. And it showed up in my job. It showed up in my marriage. It'd be like, Ken, I'm mad with you. 
Let's like, let's just end it. Let's just end it. No, we can't end it. Like we end this. We gonna work through this. Whatever narratives that are no longer serving you, let that shit go. I don't care if it's, I grew up unbelievably financially insecure. Honey, we didn't have two pennies, nickels, or dimes to rub together. And I was like, I don't want to rob Peter to pay Paul. I don't want to be in debt. I don't want to owe people. I don't want this to be my life. How do I have a life of financial ease and freedom? Honey, everything was in my name. I had a car, a rent, and mortgage and all that before I was probably 10. My credit score was like, honey. And I had to rebuild all of that. And it was like, how do I do the tools? Like, what are the tools that I need to write a different story for myself? And now I have a life where I have financial freedom in a way. It blows my mind. And I still go to the grocery store and be like, is this credit card going to go through? No, and damn well it's going to go through. But I'm still holding my breath. Like, because I didn't know a life without it. I didn't know a life without it. And even... Even when my financial situation changed, I was always just so scared of like, oh my gosh, this may be the end. Don't buy nothing. Don't buy nothing. And even though I'm very, very careful with my money now, I don't hold on to it in this way of like, this is going to be the end. When it came to like my health, when it came to my body, it's like, I'm going to always eat my feelings. I'm going to always just dress up the outside and not take care of the inside. And doing the work doing the work of showing up to my body i just i always thought that okay i would just be the big girl i just always be the big friend i would always be physically unhealthy i would always just the bad be big girl and like you know be the friend hanging out in the corner i didn't actually know that i would have a life that i would go from watching life pass me by to literally running my life every day having on running shoes every day running my life i didn't know that that this type of health was good for me. Like I didn't I didn't grow up with a therapist. I grew up in a household where the script was, you don't tell your business to other people, don't air your family's dirty laundry, therapies for crazy people, don't be sitting on nobody's couch telling your business that's white folks stuff, that's not what we do. To I cannot imagine my life without a therapist. I cannot imagine my life without therapy. And it was when I was at Howard University that I like tiptoed down the hill into the therapist and it changed my life. That one moment allowed me to write a different script for my life. Keep showing up and writing a new story for yourself. And what I know is that once you trust yourself to not just not self-sabotage with the voices inside your head, it's time to write a different story for yourself. You have to want something different. You have to want it more than anything else. And what I knew was that I had everything inside of me and I wanted something different. I wanted something different. And even now, I'm sitting at this space of, you know you want this different thing. Trust yourself, but more than anything, trust God and do it. Do it scared. <laughs> do it scared. Do it scared, but do it. And so, I'm about to do the thing scared. I don't know what it's gonna turn out on the other side, but I'm about to do it scared. And that's what I'm doing. I'm doing it scared. And the no, the email of the no that happened on Friday was the absolute no that I needed because if the email would have came through with the yes, that yes would have given me more reasons to delay doing the thing that I know that I was supposed to do. The yes would have given me something to hide behind. But the no was like, no, mm -mm. here we go. There's no running. Here we go. But what I know is that my healing has healed seven generations back and seven generations forward. 
seven generations back to people who didn't even know that I would be here. And seven generations forward to the children I will never have. I will never birth a child into this world. But the generations forward that my healing is healing is all of the generations of people around me. All right, y'all. Be good to yourselves. We have a whole week ahead of us. We have the rest of the year ahead of us. But right now in this moment, choose to be free. And that freedom starts with you writing a different story for yourself. And it is possible to live a life that brings your soul joy. Are you the superhero in everyone's life but your own? Are you exhausted, overwhelmed, and feel stuck in a cycle of working hard with nothing to show for it? Are you stressed, struggling with your health, lack intimacy, and a sense of personal fulfillment? This episode is brought to you by my Soul Joy Coaching six-month signature mindset program that empowers women who are ready to break toxic cycles and unhealthy habits so that they can claim their identity and voice to show up to life unapologetically. We use a curriculum and framework that is grounded in joy and centers vision, strategy, community, and an abundance of love and encouragement. I guarantee you that Soul Joy Coaching will change your life. If you're ready for joy, let's talk. Visit my website, www.teresatims.com and take my joy assessment. This assessment will give you insight and help you to identify patterns and your growing edges. Use this score as information to help you take the next faithful step in claiming joy in your life. Go ahead, book a call today to get your score at www.teresatims.com.